Hi there, and welcome to JK We're Rolling, an actual play podcast about three wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I am your magician master, which means I help tell the story here, and I play a bunch of the characters, all the characters that aren't played by our wonderful players. And uh, why don't we talk to those players now? Hi again. Hi. I'm Lucas Fischer. I play Jasper Casper, and he's a human wizard from the non-magical world, and all he wants is... (sighs) Try and find a place to belong, and I'm sure that we can help him. Hey there, I'm Sebastian Kinder, and I'm playing Eric, a musician, magician with a troubled past. His parents, his family, siblings, they forgot who he is. He tries to fix it somehow, but there's still so much to learn. But so far, at least, some students start to remember him, but not under the right name. (laughs) But I call it a success, (laughs) at least a little bit. Hi everybody, my name is Nadine Kuhn and my role is called Sassly Mary Nature Spring. Sassly is a pixie elf and an arcane sciences mage and she is obsessed with those beautiful wings that she created for herself. Accidentally, actually. And the only problem is that these wings don't fly. Well, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Nadine. The way that Nadine changes up her intro every time makes me laugh. It's n- we did not a single one is the same. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to every episode and listen to Nadine subtly change the words. You know, in a few episodes, it's going to be like, hi, I'm Nadine Kuhn and I play Jasper Casper. <laughs> That's right, just to change it up. <laughs> well, folks, uh, you know, as always, I have burning questions for our players and for their characters, and uh, something that I would like to know about today. I would like to know a little bit more about y'all's connection to your parents. And I, I was hoping that we could have a, a fun fact about your parents. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, I'm deadly serious. <laughs> Fun fact, they don't remember me. <laughs> well, that, that's not fun. That's like tragic. <laughs> it's very sad. That fact is so fun. <laughs> but actually, well, maybe it's not. It's a bit sad for Jasper. Not not sad. It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, we do know that Jasper went to the train station all on his own. That he mm-hmm. wasn't there with his parents um, whatsoever. Um, and there is a meaning to it because um, when he got the letter and that he found out that he had to be at a train station to get into a train, he thought, oh, it wouldn't make sense to bring his father with him. Because what you do, don't know is that his father, he's a huge train enthusiast. Yeah, like <laughs> hugely, like ridiculously. He also has, you know, his little cellar and he, he has a little miniature train all built up on himself. And he yeah. even has a little hat that he wears and, you know, this bell that he always rings. And um, Oh, my gosh. So he has one of those super complex giant, like, like you know, the super, super complex um, miniature train setups where it's like a little city and the train runs through. Yeah. Jasper isn't allowed to get into the cellar without permission, you know, for getting, you know, water <laughs> bottles or whatsoever. And no, he, he, he even uh, has this kind of thing that he can attach to the trains that have like little dusters, you know, to dust the... the the sheenen, the gleiser, the, mm-hmm. the, the tracks. tracks, the tracks. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. I'm so good in English. Um, <laughs> the tracks. And... <laughs> I'm German, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm German. A, a, a Swiss. Yeah. So um, 
that's it. The mother is always, you know, like, uh, and she's, you know, serving with the tab uh, tablet, going down the <laughs> down the cellar, and you know, bringing him cookies and milk, and just leaving him for twenty four hours. Yeah, so that's one reason. She also sometimes asks him ticket so that he feels like she he isn't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the whole family has to help with the illusion. And birthdays are really easy because every birthday it's just like, oh, it's a new train set, you know. <laughs> he sees it coming. But the he new dumb fünfhundert. So Sassley is and always has been a very rambunctious and wild little pixie elf, and she was like never afraid of anything. Her father, Fredly Nature Spring, on the other hand, is a very, very careful person and a huge hypochondriac. So that's why he chose to be as a profession a healer, a naturopath, and peace and health is so super important to him. So you can probably imagine how stressful Sassley's childhood was for him <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was just constantly running after her like i picture him with like his arms straight out like sassy 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 no and she's like, <laughs> she's like catch me from the tree dad catch me catch me he's like oh, no 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 <laughs> falling out of every tree swimming into every dirty lake <laughs> did sassy even learn how to ride a bike no but she would probably love oh. to but she doesn't know She doesn't oh, know. No, they don't no. have bikes where, where she comes from. So why if you have wings? Oh no, wait. <laughs> well, if you don't if you have wings, hold on. <laughs> oh, that would give her a feeling of flying, maybe if she's like on the bike and her wings are kind of moving. Downhill. Oh yeah. You should try that out. <laughs> How do pixie elves get around if they like they must have some they must occasionally need to go long distances. Is it just always walking or is there like uh second they walk that's that's why they all have big feet yeah okay i'm down with it that's we like, have strong feet we walk it's like the hobbits i mean she she walked from from denmark to stuttgart i guess they have horses and carts so like if they really like need to but they probably don't have that many like yeah but they try to use the animals as little as possible because every yeah. individual has to be like their their own person their own that own the own animal so no one wants to use the other person more than they have to you know yeah you got to be your own horse that's true right, right. <laughs> uh, if okay. you if you don't know my father likes to go by train just saying <laughs> we we got it he does <laughs> you don't say okay fun fact about eric's parents they are both big fans of uh, jelly uh his father actually loves elderflower jelly his mother likes cherry nice. jelly <laughs> the main problem is uh all their children hate it oh wow because they're like don't you think that's the best and getting this kind of as dessert every time it's like yeah no oh, no It's an ever-going uh, jelly war, which one is the best or not. Oh, the jelly wars. That's I love that. <laughs> that's that's a great fact. What are the fact. children's up to? Nutella? Or? That's not the question. Fun Anything. fact was about the parents, <laughs> not about the children. No one I'm told sorry. me I'm I had sorry. to make that so fact sorry. up today, and so I will not. <laughs> 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 um, that's great. Thank you guys for sharing the information with us. Let's get to know a little bit more about, you know... Where you come from? Back in the back in the homeland. Uh, <laughs> you're still in Germany. You're still technically in the homeland. <laughs> um, but last time we left you guys, uh, it was a pretty 
exciting point. You're about to get some information, I think, from Mildred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exciting. I'm on edge myself, uh, waiting to, to find out how this is going to go. So, without much further ado, let's begin this next episode of JK We Are Rolling. Last time on JK We Are Rolling. The Shieldless found themselves confronted by Charles LeMay, who offered Cecily a deal she literally couldn't refuse. She was told to place a touchstone on Mildred's muck in four days or be turned into a bunny permanently. We decided to explore the castle with our new touchstone and see if we could find a better perspective from the Olery, the topmost tower of Neudrachenberg. We met a horse shield who sells and trades for materials and items and we got a dazzling view of the landscape. Most importantly, we had the incredible luck to spot Mildred in the garden below. We met her below to investigate her behavior and ask a few questions. but. Everything changed when Cecily asked about Charles LeMay. Mildred told us no student by that name even exists. She continued to tell us that she thought she knew who he was, even as we told her about Cecily's deal and the touchstone. Now we are all heading to the servants' quarters to finally get some answers. And probably get in some trouble. So you are all now gathered in the servants' quarters in your common room, and you're all sitting in the couches and the chairs she gestured for you to to take a seat, um, and she's standing uh, near the fire. And she says, Now, uh, I owe you an explanation. If Charles is who I think he is, and I, I'm pretty certain at this point, because I, I got a letter from an old student of mine the other night. And I think this might be the same person pretending to be someone else. He, uh, he was a student. He's very, very gifted. He was a creature master, but he had the rare gift that he was able to double class. He also has some powers of being a potions master. And he was extremely gifted in creating items. And it was this student that I knew of who ever studied touchstones. That is why I suspected it might be him, but I had no proof, only inklings. Then he made his presence known to me. I tried to do something about it, but he stopped me. So I wasn't able to finish my plan. In any case, he uh, is able to disguise his identity slightly, so I don't know if he'll always look the same. I don't know how far he can take that. But he can certainly change his uh, height, that I'm sure of. Anyways, it's clear that he wants to get to me, specifically. We, uh, we had a disagreement in the past, and I'll leave it at that. But look, I need to ask you guys a favor, okay? Now that we know who this is, now that we're all on the same page, please keep this a secret. If it gets out that this person is on the grounds of the castle again... It could be very bad for me. I've worked very hard to regain some trust around here, and I have a history with the students, so please. Um, yeah, that's what I have to say about this. Now, here's the thing. You have to put this touchstone on my mug. That magical binding deal that you made, there's no way around it. You have to do it. 
but let's not do it now. <laughs> what happens then? He'll be able to access my room. Okay. When, uh, yeah. I, I put it back. Please. <laughs> so, let's wait. Perhaps we can set some sort of trap for him. He expects you to do this in four days, right? Right. Or in three or four days. So that gives us time. He said Monday. Yeah, that gives us time to plan together a trap. So, then you'll put the touchstone, it has to be you, Sassley, onto my mug. That will keep you from... What was the bad thing that's going to happen to you anyway? Um, he said he's going to, um, make me a bunny. <laughs> would have thought that's such a weird random thing. Maybe if he feels like it, he'll turn you back at some point. Well, it's not very in character to do something permanent like this. The student that I knew back when he was here, but if he's turned to such dark magic in recent times, then you might get stuck as a bunny forever if you don't do this. So it's pretty important that we fulfill your task. But let's wait till the right moment. All right. We'll do this. We'll set everything up. I'll make a plan so that we can set a trap. And when I do that, we'll catch uh, Charles. The name looks weird coming out of her mouth. <laughs> it's like clearly not. She's like Charles. It's like she has an other name on her tongue, but like. Ugh. Yeah. The, the, the mouth isn't quite forming the word in the right way because it wants to make another sound. Charles. <laughs> I don't know how you feel right now, but I feel like just by sitting there and something that he really wants to ask, he's sitting there in the silence and then... Miss Mulberry? Yes. I mean, just after all that happened in these two days so far, please, please don't mind me asking, but can we trust you? Well, Jasper, if you have any questions, now is the time to ask. Because if you can't trust me in this castle, with everything that you three have now gotten yourself entangled in, then you're going to be very much on your own. With his hand, you know, like going to his arm where Wilbur is. But he's he's hesitating and not saying anything more. Okay, so you, you do not show the snake. No. All right. So she's giving you some time if you have any other questions for her. But it looks like she said everything that she's going to say. Let me say it like that. For, for Eric, case is made already. <laughs> okay. Mildred, did we cause everything? I feel like people keep on saying that ever since we got here, things got really bad. Oh, things aren't so bad. I mean, the school is running just as as well as it ever did, but... It's certainly a crazy year, and somehow you all have found yourself entangled in the middle of all this. Now, some of that's my fault, because my past is actually coming to ensnare you three. And for that, I have to apologize. But the choices that you make while you're at this school are your own. If strangers come to you offering gifts, it might be smart in the future to think twice before accepting. But... I know that you're young. I was young once, long ago. I understand what it is to make choices like this. And it's not a crime to want to be the crystal bearer or to do well in class or to want to be special or to want to fit in. Okay? So don't you worry about that. 
I don't want to fly. That's definitely not a crime. Harder than I think the other. It's a very, it's like more tangible than the other ones. That's why I didn't include it in the general group. But yes, also true, Sassily. Do you think Ross Ehrenman is someone you can trust? She's quiet and she she's, doesn't know how to answer the question at this moment. She just goes, there's <laughs> nothing inherently untrustworthy about Ross Ehrenman. I think that he's a good man, but I urge you not to go to Ross Ehrenman. I urge you. Sensitive topic. So what were you doing in the garden exactly? Truth be told, I was looking for a snake. You see, I tried to cast this banishing ritual the other night. Gulp. <laughs> I was going to, uh, I suspected that Charles was on the ground and I had all these things that I, I needed to accomplish the banishing ritual and uh, that would have banished him permanently from the castle grounds. But I think somehow he he has access to some powerful magic. I don't know. He he disrupted the, the ritual somehow. I, I didn't get to finish it. And, uh, well, I really wonder what happened to him anyway. Maybe it changed his appearance. Usually there's a bad thing that happens when you disrupt a ritual. I'm not, I'm really not sure. But, uh, yeah, Charles is actually terribly afraid of snakes. So uh, it was one of the things that I was using to root the ritual to him. Nadine, we have to tell her. It's, it's you? like, you know, while you both are sitting there, like, should we tell her or not? I mean, see. the whole the whole bad <laughs> stuff could already have been solved. You can see Eric looking at both of you like, come on, do it. <sighs> um, I just want to have Nadine's go. <laughs> okay, hold on. You you can tell her. Yeah. I just I, I just started. <clears throat> um. Miss Mulberry, um, Jasper wants to tell you something. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you have to, you have to promise that you're not angry with us. What is it? That's not a promise. It is not a promise. <laughs> We all have to face each other as peers now. We've gone far beyond the normal coil of student, teacher. So what is it that you would like to say to me? <clears throat> Miss Mulberry, do you think that maybe Wilbur could help you with any ritual? She doesn't know who Wilbur is. I know, but I want to ask not too directly. I don't know who that is. Well, great. You didn't ask quite a kind of at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Jasper, you know, is like reaching out his arm and just slowly pulling up his sleeve. Her eyes get big. She is shocked. Oh, no. She is absolutely shocked. She is like, I mean, you didn't think you would see that expression on Mildred Mulberry's face. She looks hurt. She is, like, oh. unsure all of a sudden. Oh, no. She's wondering if everything that you've just said to her is a lie. Because why would you go into her room and disrupt a ritual? Why would you sneak into her room in the first place? You can see it. All these emotions are crossing her face. I can tell you right now that this has changed her, uh, her alignment to you guys. She is no longer an allied character. She is now a neutral character. Before, you never had to spend any influence points with her, but... Uh, It will now require influence points to get things from Mildred Mulberry. Um, that is now a permanent change. She's shocked, and she's like... Okay, Sassy wants to use all her influence points that she has. <laughs> okay, you're going to use eight influence points. 
I think you have eight now, yeah? Yeah. Okay. What would you like to do? Uh, question. I um, do regain that after sleeping, right? Uh, usually, yeah. Yeah, then I have it. Then I have eight. Okay. Then I want to use all the, like, eight of them. Um, <clears throat> Miss Mulberry, um, please, please listen to us. I know that all sounds super weird. We really wanted to help you with the touchstone and with everything. So we were just trying to help to get the touchstone to just find the other one. We really just wanted to help. And then we saw this ritual in the middle and we didn't know what to do with it. And then we just, we just happened to interrupt it. And then there was just something going through our bodies. And now we cannot go away from each other for five meters. And then we have the snake with us and we are really sorry. And we just wanted to help. I just, everything I want to do is just to fly. Enough. I've had enough out of the three of you. And she looks at you, Eric, and she says, and you were distracting me the whole time that they were in there, I guess. I he didn't know. have it he didn't together have in my chance. head now what has transpired. Enough, Sassley. Please. I have dealt with enough in my life. I see what's happening here. Well, we don't have much of a choice now, do we? One way or the other, we have to stop Charles from doing what he's about to do. But... This is a circle of trust that has officially been broken. Well, I would take the touchstone from you, but I can't. Because if I do, he might just walk in my room and who knows what would happen then. So you have to keep that touchstone. But I tell you what, I am keeping the one that I have. And I have to think to myself, I have to decide if you are really helping me or helping him. All of this could be a clever ploy. You are here with the touchstone, with the snake, with everything. And now, now that you're all bound together, I guess the snake is bound too, as well. Well, now I'm not going to be able to use him for this ritual. Because he is bound to you as part of a different ritual. Because you disrupted the ritual and it became a binding ritual. And now the only way for you guys to get rid of that ritual, by the way, is to complete another binding or banishing ritual. So, good luck with that. Maybe you can look it up in the library. But for now, for now, I need to think. And for now, I say good night. And she takes one hard look at the, at the three of you and she says, I'll be back in the morning to tell you how to get to dueling class. And don't ask me for any tips. I'm halfway hoping that wolf shield blasts you into the ground. And she walks out of the room and slams the door behind her. Ooh. Well. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I mean, guys, maybe, maybe this all had to happen in order to, you know, start making things right. I mean, failures are chances to grow. Hungry. If this like told us one thing, it's like we should maybe try to start to really work together instead of doing things on our own. He takes a much deeper breath. Excuse me for a moment. I'll I need a bit. Someone wants a nut. Hmm? Someone wants a nut. A little snack? <laughs> no? <laughs> I ate him. But I'm also not satisfied. And Eric will 
go to his room and I think for the very first time since he is at Neue Drachenberg, he's going to play a bit on his violin, actually. Yeah. The sounds of the violin drift through the castle and you are unsure of your future here at Neudrachenberg. Night descends on Neudrachenberg and eventually you all find yourselves drifting off to sleep. It is the next morning! You can't see the sun because you're in the closet under the stairs of Neudrachenberg. However, you do hear the bells ringing through the hallways. You all wake up knowing that you have a class to go to pretty soon. Ah, what a night, what a night. So Jesper, you woke up, went into the common room, you know, the, the central room of the of the service quarters. Um, you know, kind of being in connection with Wilbur, you know, trying to have his own um, dialogue with him about what happened the day before, you know, maybe how they can turn things. Would you like to act out that 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 dialogue? Sure, I want. <laughs> um, pretend just he's sitting there on the on the sofa in front of the the fireplace. And uh, Wilbur is, let's say he's like he's he's climbed down from your shoulder and he's he's on your lap, but he's kind of like got his upper half of his body looking up at you. So he's like on your knee, kind so, of. So Wilbur, you know that you and and Cecily and maybe I we 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 messed up a bit. You know, with 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 Mildred's ritual, and and maybe I was thinking because she said that we need another garden snake. You know, we can't use you now, Wilbur. So maybe maybe do you have any garden snake friends we can ask to you know help us out? He stares at you with those beady black eyes and sticks his tongue out a few times, and like. You know when you talk to a dog and, like, you, you have personified the dog, but you can tell the dog doesn't understand, but it's still looking at you because it's interested in what you're doing? He's, he's giving yeah, you that and, look. <laughs> Jasper stares at him. <laughs> and, and then Jasper comes to the conclusion, yeah, maybe I should start to, to read your signs. And then he opens up his book to find any information for garden snake communication skills. <laughs> Wil Wilbur... Oh, I love that. Wilbur, Wilbur climbs up your, your shirt. He slithers up your shirt and he, he curls up on your shoulder and he, he's reading the book with you. He's not, he's not actually reading it, but he's just like staring at the book because he's interested in whatever you're interested oh. in. And he's petting again. Please tell me there's no information about communication with garden snakes. Please tell me there's not. <laughs> he didn't say that he was going to roll for it. He just said he was looking for it. But <laughs> you know, in, in form of, of a film, I was hoping that there would be a cut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think so. I also, I also uh, don't think that's something that that would be in How to Be a Witty Wizard anyway. Like, even if you rolled for it, I don't think it would be in there. How to Be a Witty Wizard is about like how to be a wizard and like facts about the magical. I mean, world. We still know that there are a lot of blank papers, so maybe he can write down his own conclusions. You write it in there if he figures it out. Meanwhile, Cecily came out of the door and like slowly walked up to Jasper and. She looks at both of them, and then she also slowly looks over Jasper's shoulder because she's curious when he's looking up. <laughs> but she doesn't say anything. Um, Jasper, you can actually, if you are looking at how to communicate with snakes, you can roll me a research roll if you want to look through all your Ooh. books. You also have all your course yeah, books. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Let me go for my d20. Oh, well, do we want to get the answer of my roll? Or? 
Should we just leave it here? No, but I want to hear what you read. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's eight plus two. So it's 10. Hmm. Is it 10? Yeah, that's, that's actually fine. You don't find anything in mm -hmm. How to Be a Witty Wizard, but you do find something in your course book for Mildred's class, Item Ooh. Creation. Okay. And what you find is that there is, in fact, an intermediate item called Druid Fluid that you can use. You pour it directly over your head, and uh, the user may speak directly to any animal or creature for 30 minutes. That is an item that you can procure. It requires elder tree leaves, a vial of hair from a material realm creature, and one vial of magically produced water. Oh, guys, guys, I found something. Mm, Cecily, you see here, if, if, if we can create this, I may be able to talk to Wilberforce for the first time. Congratulations. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, this could be helpful. No, this could be helpful. I mean, we, we, we want to, you know, do get back to Mildred and, and you know, kind of apologize in, in many ways because we did something's wrong. And maybe the first thing to do is try to help her getting another ritual done. And so we maybe need another snake. So we either get rid of our bounds or we try to, you know, find another snake. So let me get this straight. Yes. You want to talk to the snake yes. and have like a friendshipy moment with the snake? Yes. To try to capture one of its friends? Yes! No. I find that super mean. No, not capture. I'm asking for help. Okay, can you spare one or two of your <laughs> friends to do a ritual? Good luck with that. And she eats some nuts. No, no, you're doing it completely wrong, Cecily. I would say, could you spare one of your two friends for maybe 30 minutes? You don't know, you don't know what happens with that ritual. Or how long the ritual goes. Maybe the snake dies. Wilbur, Wilbur, you don't die. Maybe the snake gets tortured. No, don't say that. And he closes the book. <laughs> so what's Eric up to this morning? Oh, my. <laughs> uh, Eric most likely just still sits in the room on the bed, just slowly getting ready, a little bit in his mind, uh, from time to time taking a short look towards the, uh, the Kiro Kuli that he has. Looking at it from time to time, thinking about it, mulling a few things over in his head. Uh, but getting out of the room sooner or later, seeing that both of them are nearly sitting in front of the book, just taking a short look over there, like, everything all right? And Jasper is just protecting Wilbur. All right. I just take that as it is. But, 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 Eric. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice music you played yesterday. That was really... Oh, yeah. I liked it, too. What was that? Uh, that's... And he needs a moment to take a little breather. It's like the first song my mother taught me mm. as I started to learn my instrument. It was beautiful. Is it, is it a ma made-up? song something she created herself i think so i didn't really hear it anywhere before so i'd say yes <laughs> sounded beautiful it gave me some kind of peace mm -hmm. it was lovely he's smiling a little bit more um uh, maybe a little bit flustered because of that actually uh <laughs> thank you uh appreciate it 
Yeah, no worries. Wanna nut? Huh? Sure, why not? Wilbur, do you want a nut? I just, I just have three left. You can have them all. Aww. <laughs> nuts! <laughs> As Sassley shares her nuts, uh, there is a knock on the door. Hello. Who's that? Do you think this is Miss Mulberry? Yeah. That's probably Mildo. Most likely. Here we go, guys. Eric heads towards the door. <laughs> and Sassley stands up very straight, tries to clean her clothes. <laughs> Puts on a smile. And, and Jasper is just going down on the sofa so that he's not you okay, know, directly so seen. Cecily becomes a Von Trapp and Jasper goes the opposite direction. <laughs> I, I can't help it, but every time it's about opening a door, Eric is the one walking towards the door and opening it. Always. Good job, Eric. You really know how to handle the Very doors. well trained. <laughs> he wants his face to be the first face that people see. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, that's not so real. I would like if he always opened it with like a with kind of that Kramer like from Seinfeld, the kind of like. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm not going to do that. I know kind I kind of know who's behind that door. I'm not going to do that to Mildred. If, yeah, if it's that's the worst thing to do. Like, hey, <laughs> okay. so appropriate, definitely. Okay, so in a in a slightly more somber manner, uh, you open the door and Mildred. Mulberry steps in, and uh, she looks a little tired. Sassley steps forward, and she looks at her, and she says, Good morning, Miss Mulberry. I hope it was a wonderful one so far. <laughs> and she smiles. Mildred, Mildred looks at you, and then she takes a sip of her mug, which you can, uh, you can read now, by the way, uh, what Mildred's mug would say. It was allowed to be voted on our Patreon, and what our patrons oh, picked. That's exciting. Maybe... Maybe she has multiple mugs, but the one that you usually see her with is this one, and it says, don't talk to me until I've had this much coffee, and then it has a line pointing to, uh, then it has an arrow pointing to a line at the very bottom of the mug. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I see a problem there. <laughs> then you didn't read the mug carefully, Cecily. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Cecily uh, says that, and she just takes a sip from her mug, and she says... <sighs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, she uh, takes a moment and she closes the door behind her. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to talk to you this morning. Is that okay with you before you head to class? Sure. Voice, Miss Mulberry. Uh, sure, Miss Mulberry. And Jasper gets up on the sofa. I just, I need to say, I said some things out of anger and frustration yesterday. It wasn't all fair. That being said, we have to build our trust again. From the very beginning, uh, what, you, what you did wasn't right, but you were honest with me, and I respect that. So now, now that it's morning with a little perspective, it's time for me to give you a little more information about what you're getting yourselves into. You deserve that after you were honest with me. I've devised a way to deal with uh, Charles. But it's going to take some pretty heavy magical lifting from you. So, since you uh, will have to take on a large part of this project, you need to know exactly who you're dealing with. Now, he left this school about eight years ago, and the circumstances weren't great. He might hold a grudge against me, 
or Ross Ellenman or new students at the school. I, I don't know, but you should know his true name. Oh, I'm so excited. His true name is Yezadva. He is a half-giant prince, the inheritor to the giant clan. He is extremely magically gifted, as I said. He has access to two classes of magic, and he is proficient in both. He's connected, powerful, and his exact intentions are unknown, but this much is clear. We have to catch him. We have to stop him. And I know just how to do it. We have to knock him out. <laughs> I can't help. I'm trying to picture the half-giant and Cecily in front of him trying to knock him out. Just like punching his knee. Oh, no worries. I got knees. that. Keisha can call, sir. I have a plus one now to, to actions like that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you guys have any questions so far, you can ask or she'll keep going. So his name is Yeserdu? Yeserdu. You can call him Yez for short. Yeserdu. 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 <laughs> you can call him Yez for short if you want. You can call him Yez for short. Yeserdu. I'm going to call him Yezzy. <laughs> Yezzy is a good, it's good to short. Why are you giving him a nickname? That sounds <laughs> like he's a friend. <laughs> what, if we, what, if, what if we ever have a problem? Then it's shorter to be like, huh, guys, I found Yezzy. Then... I found Yezadva. That's totally fair. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Thank you. See, I knew he was disguising himself because he is a half-giant. And uh, half-giants are mostly descended from the Krakenoan giants of the plains, who very famously can change their size. They can be very big or very small. And some half-giants have inherited this magical trait. And uh, it seems that he has learned to manipulate his size in this way. So what you have been seeing is not his true form, but some sort of disguise. Now, here's my plan. We will perform a binding ritual. And I will have another job to do during the ritual. So, well, you will have to be the ones to do it. Now, I can provide all the ingredients. Don't worry about that. The touchstone of his will actually work against him in this case and provide the central anchor that we need. But the ritual itself, you will have to do it. And this will cure your bound condition if you complete it successfully. Now, I have to say, we'll probably have to make him weak before we can even attempt the ritual. So this will be a two-part plan. I just need you to get one thing. Okay. I can get everything else. I have many of the materials that I need. After class today, head to the library and pick up a book for me. I don't have the incantation for Binding Rituals Memorized, so I need the book titled Bounding Through Bindings. Bindings Bound to Abound and Rebound. <laughs> you get that book, and I'll handle the rest. <laughs> well, I came up to bindings. <laughs> Bounding through bindings. It's just in the general library section, so it shouldn't be difficult to get. I would take you myself, uh, but I have a class, and I got a late start today. I need to be careful about sticking to my normal schedule and not too much strange investigation stuff, because people are very on edge. Right. No one should know anything. No one will know anything. 
So, do you guys have any questions for me? It is acceptable to say no. <laughs> I'm thinking hard. I, I don't know if you guys have any particular question to what she said. To me, that sounds all quite clear at this moment. And I feel like Jasper isn't, you know, in the mood of, you know, what happened yesterday, starting to, to click again like they did days before. So, um, Jasper is like, um, um, no, but Miss Mulberry? Yes. Um, just maybe now, um, I, I, and I think maybe the others too, I just want to say, um, that I, I, we, I think we are sorry. Jasper, I appreciate that. I know you guys already apologized yesterday. And, uh, at this point, we're going to let our actions speak louder than our words, right? We need to move on. We need to do the right thing in the future. And maybe we can bridge the gap between us then. But for now, we do the work. Let's do some action. Yeah. Yes. I don't have the strongest vocals, so maybe I can do that. Eric um, looks at her for a moment, uh, reaches into his pocket, gets the cure all coolly out. Um, I'm not sure if I deserve to have that in the moment. And he lifts the little vial up and looks up to Miss Mulberry. Mildred looks at you and raises her eyebrows in surprise a little bit, and she says, Eric, that was a gift, first of all. And we don't take gifts back, okay? But second of all, that is for you in case you need it, for a serious reason. So I cannot in good conscience take that back. It's like I said, we just need to all look forward to the future in this moment, okay? All right. Yes. And Smallberry, we won't let you down again. <clears throat> okay. So look, the dueling room is behind the grand dining hall. Just enter from the side with the shield statues, you know, the three big statues. You walk straight through. The doors on the opposite side lead to the dueling room. And look, one last thing before you leave. I know I said, I hope that wolf shield would beat you today. There's been some talk in the teacher's lounge. Georg, Professor Georg, said that one of you mentioned you were being picked on. Yes, you know, three of them, they were quite mean to us. Ah, uh, they're nothing. I can take them. Well, look, there's always these kinds of issues that come up at school, okay? But this morning, I'll just say this. Beat those bullies to the Encanto Bon and back. Do me proud, shieldless. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Wait for it, Brock Carter. And she uh, opens the door back up, and she says... Off you go. I gotta get to my own class. Sorry, guys. Howie, that sounds like an exciting class. And Cecily runs. <laughs> That's going to be an exciting day. No, but Cecily... Um, uh, <laughs> she's already gone. Should we you follow should, her? because you're bound to her. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, <laughs> she runs off. Jasper <laughs> bumped into the invisible wall. <laughs> so as you are forced to run to keep up with Cecily, you hear... Uh, Mildred, yell down the hall towards you. And Jasper, you be careful with my snake! <laughs> yes, 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 Come on, guys, come on! <laughs> Eric passes her just another short look. Thank you. And runs after the other two because, like, <laughs> chaos. So much chaos. So you guys are going to head straight to the dueling room, right? I guess. <laughs> Ask Cecily. Yeah, we do. <laughs> there isn't much Jasper can okay. do to stop that from happening. 
So you go um, around the back hallway where you guys are staying, up the grand staircase in the entrance hall, past the big statues into the main dining hall, through the main dining hall, into the room behind it. And as you enter, there are still other students shuffling in as well. And, of course, everyone is sticking into their shields like usual. And two teachers are standing on a long raised platform in the middle of the room. You recognize one as Georg Arkanal, the head of Wolfshield. He's got that dark curly hair, it's like 90s style, he's got a handsome bad boy look, very square jaw. He's still not wearing a leather jacket, even though he looks like he <laughs> probably would. The other teacher is wearing a long flowy dress. She has many ear piercings with star and moon earrings dangling from them. She has a mess of curly hair that is in an intricate shape on the top of her head, but also hangs down loose at some points, intertwined with gold charms as well. And she says, Welcome, class. Welcome to Dueling 103. Gather round, children, gather round. I am Star New Song. And I'm Georg Arkanal, head of Wolfshield and teacher of potency-based magic. Nice to see you all. And he winks, and he does some finger guns. And uh, maybe you hear, like, one student kind of groan in the back. Ugh. I still find him fitchy. Yes, indeed. And I am the head of Horse Shield and the teacher of deafness-based magic. Since there has been some unconventional occurrences around school, we thought it best to start with dueling class instead of our usual separate classes. That you might be able to defend yourselves in the face of a threat. <clears throat> uh, but this teaching should be used only in self-defense. Am I understood? And you hear little murmurs of yes. Totally, we got it. Just self-defense. <laughs> just self-defense. Jesper just looks at this. Yeah, just self-defense. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> and Georg says, uh, let's go over the rules of formal dueling. Uh, this is not some wild open combat. The combatants will take turns trading spells. You will have to rely on your ability to defend yourself when it is the other person's turn. If you are pushed off of the platform, which is 40 meters long, you will lose an automatic constitution. You will begin 20 meters apart with 10 meters free behind each of you. I already see that the both of us have to be on the platform <laughs> if one of us is going to be chosen. Oh, we just have to stand very close by, <laughs> the, by the platform. But you also fly then if someone's getting pushed. Physical attacks are allowed within reason. Just because something is technically allowed doesn't mean it should be done. No one will look kindly to another student getting punched in the face or really messed up. But a nice trip up of the feet or a push out of bounds will do quite nicely. Still, we are here for a medical emergency support, and no one will be expelled for what they do in a duel, uh, if the blessed stars are willing. Now, this is a Friday fun day, and we have some fun rules for our first duels. <laughs> I just came up with that. There are two pedestals on either side of the platform at exactly the middle of the platform. And the two teachers walk up to those pedestals and they place their wands inside it. So they put their their wands in these little circles in the middle of the uh, kind of podium pedestals. And they utter a phrase together. They shout together, Discotech, 
Duel Veg. And as they say, discotheque Duel Veg, white party lights fill the duel room and flash from side to side, sparkling and glittering over the long duel platform. This is going to be a disco duel. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. This will be a tag team duel for three on three. The first group of you chillins to lose six constitution loses the duel. The other group gets one vial of butter brew and bragging rights. And of course, a point towards being crystal bearers and having your shield and names hung up in the entrance hall for all to see. We can control the arena from here. Each time a constitution is lost, a different effect will take over the field. You will have to be ready for anything. Now it's time to disco. So who wants to go first? I don't want to pop. And Sassy jumps up and raises her arm. She's like, us, us, us. Hey, miss, hey, miss, we would like to participate. A lot of the other students are more nervous. They kind of step back and they make a little circle, an open circle around the shieldless as Sassy raises her hand. And you look over and you see there's one other hand raised in the crowd. (laughs) And that hand belongs to Brock Carter. Of course. That's a surprise. And he meets, Sassy, he meets your eyes from across the room. Of course, it's him. (laughs) <laughs> he meets your eyes from across the room and he goes nature spring <laughs> Carter <laughs> I know I know he would have like he would have chose have chosen us anyway I know that because if if Cecily wouldn't have raised her arm he would have raised his arm and he would have been and I'm gonna do all this <laughs> I know that so now Cecily's unafraid so Star says okay little eager beavers it's the shieldless versus wolf shield now fair fights only okay guys that's gonna be fun huh <laughs> that's gonna be something so you guys have to step up to the uh, duel ring We'll say that for the purposes of the duel, Jasper can be off to the side a little bit from the dueling platform, like along the side cheering Sassley on, and it won't look too strange. He might have to kind of move crab walk back and forth a little bit, but for the purposes of the duel, you don't have to be like on the platform with her uh, while she's facing off. Well, Jasper acts like a personal trainer. <laughs> so this is a this is a tag team duel. So. You guys can decide, like, basically, whoever is fighting, if you feel that it's your time to go out, you know, for whatever reason, you have, like, a ton of conditions on you, or if you already lost to Constitution, of course, then you probably don't want to get whammied. You can be like, tag out, (laughs) or something. (laughs) I can't help. I got Pokemon music in my mind right now (laughs) so star says that's right set yourselves in position now we'll use a technique as old as time to determine who goes first i'll create a number of light behind my back one through twenty and the person who is guessed the closest goes first i've already written down the number that she's holding uh behind her back so she holds her wand behind her back and you see a light glowing there uh, so Brock is going to guess a number. Uh, okay. Brock says uh, 16. And Sassley, you also guess a number. And whoever gets the closest will 
It's Price is Right rules. So whoever gets the closest without going over will win. 14. Okay, and a firework blasts upward from behind her back and expands into a brightly lit number 13. And she says, okay, so, Sassly, you get the first turn. You go first. All right. Now, the way that the duel is going to work is I am going to roll a d6, okay? There are six random rules that can happen on the field at any time. Mm-hmm. The first round will be a normal combat. That's why all the lights on the stage right now are white that are going back and forth. So you'll start in normal combat. As soon as you lose a condition, I will roll a d6 and a random effect will happen on the field. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. everyone excited? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, I am, just by isn't. But uh, let's go on. Georg says, on your marks, wands at the ready, good luck, and go! Wands at the ready. All right. <laughs> Sassley, it's your turn. You are in a duel right now. Yeah! <laughs> you go, you go, Sassley. Go on. Hit him. Bite him. Say mean things. Um, I, I would like to do Haven Tree, but I won't do it because it never did me any good. So I'm gonna, gonna go for Overjoyed and Freud to knock him out. Yes. Nice. Ten. Okay, it's a ten, so that succeeds. And he will, uh, sorry, he will roll Bookishness opposed. Oh. Oh, he rolls Intelligent. <laughs> That's not gonna work for him. He he actually yeah he rolled a twelve so he uh, <gasps> oh. he goes nice try but my mental defenses are stronger than iron so j- just try it again next time yeah because your brain doesn't feel anything my head brain feels plenty now it's my turn and he shouts for Grusan and he will in battle this is an enlarging spell but in battle what it does is uh it will give you a bloated condition if it uh works effectively so he needs an eight Mm. he rolls a he succeeds (laughs) he rolls a 17 and it is a deafness roll from you it's a nine okay it's a nine so he succeeds and gives you a Bloated condition. Bloated condition states that you have minus two to run and physical attack rolls. He's like, yes, got her. Good start, Cecily. Thank you. I'm working on it. But it is your turn again, Cecily. Okay. Now that I feel a little bloated, I feel like very strong going with Lictus Victus. And I rolled a freaking 20. You rolled a 20? Yes. Dang. Okay, well... I will I will roll for him. Yeah. Uh, I think it's deftness that he has to roll <laughs> against that. Holy shoot. What happened? He holy crap. He also rolled a 20. I am not kidding. Oh come on, that is not possible. No. Wait, what's your modifier? What's your modifier? <laughs> My. It's a discovery spell and it's also deftness. So what are your what are your bonuses? Actually, it's plus three then. Twenty-three. Okay. He has plus zero. So you succeed. You beat him. Yes! Yes! Nice. Yeah, I got it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Brock just wasted that 20. <laughs> Even though you're bloated and your body is slowly filling up with air, slowing you down, and you're starting to feel all puffy, you manage to get out a massive lictus bictus, and light shoots from the tip of your wand in a powerful beam, and he is blinded. Uh, which means he has a condition minus two 
to all ability rolls. And he also can't see very well at the moment. So any ability, whether that's physical attack or run or anything that he gets is minus two. Yeah. Very good. That was great, Cecily. And, and Wilbur is sitting on Jasper's shoulder and we're both cheering on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, how do you like that, Brock Carter? Brock is like, <laughs> Brock goes, my eyes! Ah! <laughs> 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 I mean, that's what you say in that situation. Um, he goes, my eyes! Oh! You'll pay for that nature spring. And here he comes, and he just wants to run to you and try to push you off the platform. He's gonna try to push you by the shoulders off the platform now. Uh, he's a lot bigger than you, but he does have minus two because he's blinded to physical attack roll, because that is uh, that's an ability. He's trying to balance it out already because her feet are a little bigger, so she's <laughs> trying to have a very strong stance. She's like, come on, I'm not moving, I'm not moving. <laughs> okay, so he rolls. Uh, a 14, he will succeed, uh, and you will roll spryness, just regular spryness opposed. I rolled a 17, and I have oh, wow. plus one for spryness, which is an 18. Okay, so he runs at you, you dodge out of the way very deftly. Uh, maybe like because you're a little bloated, you kind of just float over to the side a little bit, like <laughs> as your body's filling with air still. She did not want to move. She did not want to move. She was like, bring it on, Brockarda, bring it on. But then because of the bloating, she's like, oh, like kind of accidentally. But she, she she managed to be safe then. He runs right by you and just completely whiffs it. He misses and he's now facing away from you and it's your turn. Cecily, Cecily, you need to push him off the platform. All right, I'm going to push him off the platform. Oh, yes. Okay. So this is a physical attack roll. Uh. <laughs> um, it's an eight, and I have plus two, but I also have minus two, so I have an eight. Maybe infinity. It's eight. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it's an eight. So and he's gonna roll just general spryness to try to like see if he can turn around in time to see you coming. He rolls a nine, so he oh, j- really? really just barely oh gets out of the way. I mean. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he turns around and sees you, and this is crazy, because he ran at you, plunged past you, uh, you got out of the way, you went to push him, he turned around and got out of the way again, it's his turn again in this game attack, he's gonna try to physically attack you one more time. He rolled a 20. <gasps> oh no. Natural 20. I rolled a 16, two plus, it's a 16. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, sorry, he got a nat 20, so that dirty 20 is gonna come through for him. It was very close, but finally, as you lunge towards him to push him, he actually manages to grab you, and since you're a little lighter than normal, you don't have the normal force you have because of the bloated condition, and he just swings you off of the, uh, he grabs you by the arm and swings you off using your momentum against you. Hey, let go of me! And you will go off of the edge of the platform, and it's an automatic loss of a constitution. Oh, damn it. So uh, you've lost your first constitution, and Georg goes, Oh, that's a hit! Okay, place yourselves back again at the middle, and I'm going to roll to see what effect happens on the field now. Okay, so as you guys place yourselves back in your starting positions, the stage... Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is the first one. Okay. The stage fills with fateful fumes which is a special item that allows all combatants to have access to every spell in their class oh. for the next two minutes which is Holy about heck. 
Uh, let me just get my notes. Yeah, so everybody now has access to all of your class spells. All six of you. So, blue lights are dancing across the stage as smoke begins to fill the arena and you guys both feel power coursing through you and knowledge pops into your head the knowledge of the people in your class who came before you and you now have access to all of this extra magic Imbrock goes ah the power of my mother courses through me and you immediately find it strange that he said his mother and not his father, but like... <laughs> no. I think I know what to do now. Sassley, since you got the last hit, you uh, you will start with the next turn because he got he had the last attack against you. So it's your turn. I'm gonna cast Anti-Dimension Laga. And I rolled a 20. Oh! <laughs> wow. He also rolled a 20. Oh my gosh. What's, what Michael, your, is that real? Did. I do swear. Do you want to come over? I swear. <laughs> I swear, he also... <laughs> don't oh walk my. into my room. No. Don't walk into my room. He also rolled a 20, but what are your bonuses? Because if that's a deafness spell, then you have a bigger bonus than he does, I believe. I have plus two. And it, is, it a, is it a magical discovery or magical influence? It's a transformation spell. So no, it's a potency spell. Potency zero, but plus one to magical transformation. You guys are in an exact tie, um, but he did not beat you, so you succeed. That's the one. It's what's an exact tie. He also has twenty-one. Yeah, he also has twenty-one, but in in an in an identical oh, come on. This is in ridiculous. an identical tie, no. you do succeed the spell. So you cast anti-dimension Laga, and a strange red light emanates from the tip of your wand. You've never cast magic like this before. It swirls around, it twists. You see shapes within it that you don't really recognize. And this is anti-dimensional energy that you are casting out of your wand, which is something that you have access to as an arcane sciences mage. He has to roll a d20. He will get a random condition based on what he rolls. He rolled a seven. He is now confused. He has minus one to all bookishness-related rolls. He also still has minus two to ability rolls, so <laughs> you're really doing the damage to him. Okay, so now now it's Brock's turn. Okay. He says, I've been waiting a long time to be able to use this spell. <laughs> I hope you're ready to get burned. Insundio! <gasps> and he casts Insundio two fireballs, rocket out of the end of his wand. Each one is rolled for separately. So he rolls twice. He has to get above an 11 to succeed on that. Uh, so he succeeded one and did not succeed the other. Your defense roll is spryness. It's actually a spryness roll to see if you can get out of the way. You'll need to beat a 21. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's uh, cool. Well, the first one is a six. Well, you didn't. You only had to roll once, so because he failed the the second. Oh, okay. It's fireball. a six. So one fireball veers off in another direction completely. The other one comes hurtling straight towards you, and it blows up as it smacks into your chest, and you're rocked backwards. Oh no no no! And you have to roll a Constitution die. Hot 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 hot. <laughs> Three. That does not succeed. And I'm whammed, right? I don't have any Constitution left. Oh, that's right. You only have two Constitution. So the second fireball slams into your chest and you are rocked back and you fall down on the ground, Sassley. You've lost your constitution. Ooh. 
You are whammied. You're locked Ooh. out of magic, and you don't have much strength in your body anymore. Seriously? And Jasper immediately runs towards Ooh. her. I have a feeling I had before when I sneaked up to... Jasper runs to her. Uh, and uses uses uh, his cloak to you know stump out the the fire on her. Okay. You know, if there's okay. anything still. Are you are you taking her off of the, yeah, yeah. the dueling platform yeah, then? Seriously? Are you okay? Jasper. Jasper. Okay. How are my wings? And she looks over her shoulder. They are fine as ever. I hope they are. Are they, Mr. Magician Master? I don't want to lie to her. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Her wings are fine. Her wings are fine. Seriously, your wings are fine. Thank you. I think I need a rest for a second. Eric locks his gaze with Brock Carter in that time. Uh, oh my god, I feel tense. Yeah, and even even Jasper, for, for his type, even he turns over. And you know, people with glasses, they sometimes do this evil face, you know, where the glasses are a little bit pulled down the nose. <laughs> and then he's yes. like, mm, and then, <laughs> oh, we finally see Jasper's <laughs> evil face. Yeah, so Brock's locked eyes with Eric, and he goes, What? What? Come on. Come on. You go, Eric. I'll take care of Cecily. Very well. He says, Come on. None of you shieldless can defeat me. None of you can, because justice is on my side, and I know you've been up to no good. And I have been granted the power now to make this right. Well, we shall see. And he walks up there. I'm ready. Okay. Brock lowers his wand at you and he says, All right, Emmett. I'm not going to be so easy on you like I was to your friend. And you hear one of the teachers say, All right. Round two. Begin now. But we'll have to continue this duel next time on JK We're Rolling. JK! Michael Moore is our Magician Master. Nadine Kuhn is Sassily Mary Nature Spring. Lucas Fisher is Jasper Casper. Sebastian Kinda is Eric Miller. Cover art by Pascal Genet. Theme song by Aaron Richards. Additional music by Ethan Anderson. Hi folks, and thanks for sticking around. Whether it's for a little outtake moment at the end or you're just a really supportive human, we really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite listening platform and leave a review and a rating on it if you like. We've got links in our episode description for doing just that. This week, we are added on to Samsung Podcasts and Reason, a social networking website for podcast listeners and creators. If you're using or want to check out either of those listening platforms, please do find us on there and give us some love. If you felt like the tension between Wolf Shield and the Shieldless was a little abrupt, or you felt like there was maybe references in today's battle that you were missing, don't forget to listen to our bonus episode, which you can listen to on Patreon completely for free. The group has a surprising encounter with Wolf Shield in this mini-episode, which takes place right after they left the library, way back then. And there's plenty more good stuff on our Patreon and more to come, so check us out at patreon.com slash jkwearrolling. 
Follow us on Twitter at JKWeAreRolling1. That's the number one. Facebook.com slash JKWeAreRolling. And Instagram at JK.Weare.Rolling. And hey, circling back to our patrons, did you know that all of our patrons were actually students of magic at Neudrakenberg? Eric and I have been reading about how to be more memorable, and uh, all these students really stand out. Right, Eric? Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, quite a lot has quite an impact in one way or another, and I'm pretty sure that people still remember them. All right, I am dying to to hear about something that stands out to you. Uh, who are you reading about today? Um, the, the first one that uh, jumped into my eye was Kalira. She actually outran a centaur during a gym class. Whoa. Uh, Kalira was supposed to go to the Mage Olympics, but didn't get the invite because she was in Kuwait uh, studying the fireball salamanders. Noise outran a centaur. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. But did you read about RMN Fairtrade, the only student to ever win a duel against themselves? They used a duplication spell to make sure that they couldn't lose. Uh, or, I guess, win. That's quite impressive. I just wonder how did the duel end in that way? <laughs> we'll never know. But I think they won. <laughs> we'll never know. Maybe I can ask Goethe to find it. Um, but, but, I think also impressive is Hannah's panda. Uh, she can manage uh, manually abandoning her human standing and transplant the grand plan of a dandy panda. Uh, she can turn into a panda. Very powerful oh, creature master. Sweet. Yanina <laughs> uh, SP is the only student in history to study not one, not two, not even three, but four disciplines. That's right. She was a potions master, an arcane sciences mage, musician magician, and a field mage. She could have learned all six disciplines, but is too busy opening up her business of selling potions while telling the future in song as she shoots fireballs. Find her picture in last week's Sorcerer's Digest. Wow. That, that's quite a resume. I... It is. It is indeed. Yeah. She's got a lot under her belt. Yeah. A lot? Just how much time did she need for that? She's whip smart. She's whip smart. Hmm. That, that has to be it. Um, but don't don't forget about Camjaws Jack. Uh, she actually discovered the spell that allows Loris to turn his room into a giant lifelike simulator illusion, but had only been using it at the time to turn her dorm room into a beach in order to catch some waves. Oh, that is a very good use of that spell. Very relaxing. Yeah, maybe maybe Loris will let you guys do that next time instead of uh, instead of hunting a kobold. Yeah, but. Probably not, but maybe, maybe you should ask him. Uh, we shall see. You know, I, I have to talk about one of my favorite graduates, and uh, this is the Dread Pirate Sean, one of the only known pirate graduates of Neudrachenberg. Wow. Using a rare form of chaos magic, he roams the world stealing people's AirPods. Apparently, this has made him a lot of money as he owns a large amount of stocks at Apple. This is crazy stuff. Wow, that, that's memorable but uh, just one yeah, question just what exactly is an airport you know what i will explain it to you later we are gonna we are gonna talk about that separately all right but uh, did you get some good ideas eric i just not some good ideas quite a lot of ideas i have to admit i think i have to up my game um i i, I have an idea uh see you around later i need to prepare something <laughs> goodbye <laughs> all right see you later eric well that's it for now. Today's cutscene is Brock Carter as a gladiator. You just have to imagine him yelling, Are you not entertained? at the end. So, 
Until next time, keep your head brain sharp and your wand at the ready. Who can battle me? You shieldless are finally getting what you deserve. I told you I'd come back for you one day. Up to no good, up to no good all the time.